Hello and welcome to The Soul of Business with Blaine Bartlett. I am your host, Blaine Bartlett, and I'm really excited about today's show. We've got a uh, fascinating guest here. Um, I actually had the very good fortune of uh, meeting John uh, about a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, uh, when David Melcher and I had him on as a guest on our Office Hours show on Thursdays, and I was just taken by what uh, he was doing, and we did not have nearly enough time to go into the, the kind of conversation I wanted to have, so I immediately said, hey, can I get you on the podcast? And uh, he was gracious enough to say yes. So John Co. Uh, is my guest. He's the uh, founder and CEO of a company called Rivals Media. And Rivals is, and this is what was fascinating to me, yeah, they've gamified uh, online ways of approaching what you do from a sports perspective, but also as a fundraising mechanism uh, for um, charities. And uh, there, there's just you know, so many ways that this thing can actually be talked about. And that's one of the reasons, like I said, I wanted to have John on the show is so that we could just explore a number of those uh, ways because uh, I, I love what he's up to here. So, John, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. <laughs> well, um, I know that uh, you know, we've had a little bit of a preamble conversation before we started here. And you know, sports is a big, big part of your life. I mean, that's uh, not, a, not a secret just in terms of what we've gotten to know about you as I've kind of done a little exploration. The soul of business conversation. <clears throat> First of all, for a lot of people, when they hear soul of business, it's almost like an oxymoron. It's kind of like, you know, what, what do you mean a soul of business? So the only question I really ask my guests is, you know, when you hear the soul of business, what does that bring up for you? What does that kind of you know, bring to mind? And then we'll just kind of riff from there. Yeah. So the soul of business to me is why you do it. You know, there, there, there's, uh, a lot of reasons, if, if anything I've done in my career that is just to make money, uh, typically, you know, whether it works or doesn't, isn't necessarily rewarding. Uh, I think the soul of business now that I'm uh, approaching 50 years old is probably different than it was when I was 29 years old. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think a lot of how I view things today come out of my kids. And, you know, as a parent, I want my kids to be happy. And sort of the, the catch-all is I want you to change the world. And if changing the world is by being a teacher and, and helping one person uh, get through a tough time, whether it's uh, creating a company that helps a lot of people, whatever changing the world is in your head uh, is, is sort of how I view the soul of, uh, of what you do or the soul of business. You know, and in my case, uh, you know, I, I've been involved with charity my whole life and uh, you know, when the last tax code came out, I recognized that nonprofits were going to be very negatively affected by it. And I felt that, you know, we could do something to change the world for nonprofits and do it in a way that was a lot of fun and create a true collaborative approach between events, between charities and between uh, corporations to give the best experience for our donors slash players. I love that. Uh, so change the world. I mean, I, I God, I'm going to date myself with this, but I remember back in the uh, late 60s, early 70s, there was a show on about Crusader Rabbit. In Crusader Rabbit, we'd go out there and change the world. Uh, I got bit by Crusader Rabbit real early on in my career, and I wanted to go out and save the world. And there was a whole lot of stuff behind that. 
reason I'm bringing that up is why is that important to you? You know, changing the world. What, you know, where did that come from and why is it important and why do you want to instill that in your kids? That's that. I mean, it's just great. Well, um, you know, when you have, uh, you know, my wife and I don't necessarily see the world the same way as most married people look, looking at the, the very points, but we always look at getting to the same place in the end. And I think the fact that we may go in completely uh, different ways of getting there has, has allowed us to really give great direction to our kids. Uh, as far as myself, you know, I can tell you when my mission to change the world became clear to me. I think everybody wants to feel like they're doing good and everybody wants to feel like they can make an impact. But when it becomes clear to you, that's when you have to make a concerted effort or just dive in. And, you know, for me, I, I, I think I told you, you know, our, my background, I've been around nonprofits my whole life. When I was two years old, I lost a brother to leukemia. Yeah. So obviously my family's been around uh, the various charities that help, uh, you know, get through and, you know, we've given back uh, to charities that help kids that are dealing with cancer and, and, and leukemia. And then when I was 29 years old, I lost a brother to heart disease. He had died of a heart attack. He was 35 years old. So I found my purpose one day. You know, I, I happened to be the chairman of a board of a foundation that was fighting childhood obesity. And I didn't necessarily recognize that that was my purpose or that was what I was set out to change the world with until we got the results back from our first pilot program. And in that pilot program, we did a, uh, uh, an after school activity at a, at a boys and girls club type location. And we provided this platform for free and 46 kids did it. And we did measurable results. And 44 of those 46 kids lowered their BMI in the first 12 weeks. So when you're able to, to help create something and put the mechanics to make it actually get implemented in place and you see that 44 kids are healthier because of it you know the 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 good friend of mine who wrote the who underwrote the first program you know the day we gave him the results before we went and did a fundraiser yeah. he did the seven whys well, why are you doing this well my wife was the executive director yeah but you don't go to this level if just because your wife's involved you know, why, why do you care about the kids? And oh, obviously you, I have my own kids and I'd hate to see them in that situation. And what we ended up drilling down to is my why is if I can help one kid not experience what I experienced growing up, that's my why. And, and it sort of led to what, where Rivals Media is today is nonprofits. Everybody's been affected by coronavirus. Every nonprofit's really been affected by the last tax plan that was passed. And there's going to be a lot of need for nonprofits to replace the golf tournaments, the annual events that are no longer going to take place. So I think the timing for Rivals Media, we've been busier since April 1st than we were the previous year. Yeah. I mean, it, it's people are finally starting to understand that, you know, the, we're, we consider ourselves a three-dimensional engagement platform, not just a fan engagement platform. And it all starts with the programming. The programming could be a concert. It could be a sporting event. It could be a TV show. And then we add our platform, which allows everybody, we're, we're trained in this country to want to compete. Even if it's just to say we beat somebody or just to feel good about ourselves, every, every non-scripted TV show you watch uh, and we talked about it with David on an elevator pitch. 
as they're going up, your everybody that's watching on TV, they're going to open it or they're not going to open it. You know, we're conditioned to want to participate in what we're watching. So with that being said, we, we our platform allows people to participate in a fun way where you don't have to be an expert at any of it. It's just your gut feeling. And then we add the third engage, third platform is a purpose. So we take mm-hmm. programming, put our platform, and give it a and give it a purpose. That and you, you talk about shorthand for creating employee engagement. I couldn't think of a better way to describe it. Yeah, you put together a program, organize a platform that gives it some meaning, and then you actually you know, you know, drop purpose on top of it, and you're off to the races. Uh, let's you know you you did. Just for those that are listening here, I mean, this is, you know, I mean, what he's doing, what, what, what John's doing with Rivals Media is, is really a fascinating play on a couple of things. Number one, there's not going to be a return back to what we would typically call normal. I mean, he references golf tournaments. I mean, you, you sporting events, you know, MLB, NBA, NFL. I mean, none of these seasons are going to be the way that they have historically been. Uh, and how do you continue to participate? Because we don't want to give that up. You know, I mean, you know, for me, sports is a big part of my life. I, I mean, I've been an athlete all my life. And I've always loved watching and consuming sporting events. Now they're not going to be there in the same way. I mean, let's just take, um, you know, baseball as an example. You know, we've got a truncated 62-game season going on right now, supposedly. Yeah. Uh, how, how are you and, and how is Rivals Media actually working that uh, scenario you know, with uh, some of the clients that you've got? Because you're working with a couple of the, uh, the, the uh, franchises. So we, we have proposals into some of the franchises and baseball is uh, an interesting nut to crack. Uh, you know, there's a massive need. Uh, so the best thing I can talk about is is how we would take an engagement. And, and what, what I'll challenge you to is uh, let's take an engagement in sports. Let's give me a, a, a TV show, give me an entertainment, a concert or award show, and we'll tell you how we would go about gamifying it. And more importantly, how we would tie it to the community. So I'll give you the three examples of our 3D engagement. So baseball, obviously the baseball game is what we would uh, use our platform for. Our platform would be, so I grew up in Rhode Island, so I'm a Red Sox fan. And what I would, so I'm going to be watching the Red Sox-Yankees games as an example, where I don't have, I'm not going to do the old scorebook the way that we used to do it. But if I had a platform where I could predict, will the leadoff batter get on base? Will there be a stolen base? which team's going to have more hits, which team's going to have more runs, but play against Red Sox and Yankees fans, as well as former players, where let's take David Ortiz. I mean, David Ortiz has a wonderful children's foundation that raises money for kids in Boston and, uh, and, and the Dominican Republic, where how we would do this is David would play our game live where, you know, leading up to the game on Friday between the Red Sox and Yankees, I can make all of my picks today. I know who the starting pitcher is scheduled to be, and I can go ahead and pick all of my nine innings, nine challenges beforehand. And then after each inning, there's a live leaderboard. And what's really differentiated our platform is if we were working with David Ortiz, 
he would be on our leaderboard and you get to pay directly against somebody who's doing very doing great things in the community but also somebody who I watched hammer the Yankees during the playoffs so many times that it, you know it, it brings me good feelings I'm not sure the Yankee fans are going to be enjoy being on that leaderboard unless they unless they this is their chance of getting back at Big Poppy but that's an example of that's the two parts of it the third part is well we work with the Jimmy Fund, we work with the Red Sox Foundation, we would work with David Ortiz's foundation, and the money that gets uh, donated, the, the entry fee donation, suggested donation, would be split amongst the charities in the community. So we have a program, we have a platform that's really fun and engaging, and we have a purpose by giving back to these communities that are in need. So you're, you know, you what I love about this is it doesn't require the, the, the charitable giving piece. It doesn't require that I do anything different. I just go ahead and, and I play my game. I, I, I engage the TV show. I engage the, uh, the event like I would anyway. And in the, the, that's the beauty of it. There's an and. Yeah, it also funds and fuels uh, a number of different charities. Yeah, because yeah, it doesn't have to be just one. We could actually, you know, bifurcate and bring in a couple of different ones, you know, as you mentioned. The collaborative approach, any nonprofit that is not looking to collaborate is really going to be left, left back. Yeah. Uh, collaboration to me is the key. And, and a great example is corporate social responsibility. You know, mm -hmm. there's a lot of corporations that have a corporate social responsibility officer. There's not a lot of platforms for them to really embed with. And with yeah. that person really becomes is a de facto executive director deciding which charities or which golf tournaments or or what where they're going to put their corporate money that's really designed to embed the corporation within a cause within their community of who their uh their target audience or their customers are it's a way of giving back yeah, uh, you know, we we I, I saw a Subaru commercial last night, and this is how quickly it could work for for what we do. Subaru has a whole campaign about their cars are uh, pet approved, so they had these commercials with dogs, really fun. Well, the minute I saw that commercial, I reached out to Petco and PetSmart because they both have major foundations that give back. And we know that Subaru is going after that same audience. So how can we collaborate? Well, maybe it's one of the big dog shows. Maybe it's at Petco Park, where from here, we now understand where their audience is. We can use whatever TV show or sporting event that they're already donating money to. So I would imagine Subaru and either of those companies are already uh, getting sponsorship opportunities at stadiums and events. Yep. And now we tie it with a purpose. You know, pet owners will do more for their pets and for pets in general than a lot than, than, than a lot of people will do. So that's where just the thought of that, we've already had emails going back and forth since four o'clock yesterday afternoon. I love it. I love it. And, you know, the idea of business taking responsibility for the whole. And, and I mentioned this in the context of the social responsibility uh, initiatives that you know, most publicly traded companies are working with right now. Having it be something more than window dressing. Yeah, because, I, you know, honestly, I, in my experience, a lot of these you know, companies, they're doing it because they almost feel like they have to. And they're really you know, missing uh, an enormous opportunity to create meaningful engagement, yeah, both 
externally, but also internally with their people. Uh, how do we tie social responsibility back to the mission and the business mission of the business itself? Um, I mean, that's a huge challenge uh, to, you know, to, to be able to undertake and to actually you know, solve. Um, finding finding the right place and what what I and correct me if I'm wrong here, but I mean, companies can experiment with this. They they you know they can play with this a lot and just yeah kind of get a feel for okay how would this work for us well especially this year uh how many large corporations had their on-premise money returned you know how many were sponsoring a major golf tournament how many were getting corporate suites at stadiums you know all of that money is being returned and you know rather than just go to the bottom line people that can't go to events and events where they're canceled and all these sports without without fans in the stands if we can redirect some of that through corporate social responsibility initiatives within each community, you can make a massive impact. And I, I one of the best examples today is nobody knows when school is going to go back to five days a week. <laughs> and I can tell you as a, a, a father of three teenagers, you know, I, 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 you know, right now it looks like it's going to be two days a week for one of my kids. The other one looks like it's going to start two days a week in September. You know, so it, it's all up in the air, but there are a lot of parents that don't have daycare, that don't have the ability to, to put their kids in a safe environment where, you know, that, if you combine that with the sports that the, these kids are already going to grow up watching with some of the big platforms that already deal with youth sports and, and you know, try to get more kids involved, you know, I, I think there's some great opportunity there. And one other issue that I sort of see is a lot of people don't really understand what corporate social responsibility is, and they lump it with conscious capitalism. Yeah. And I view the two as, 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 as sisters more than one in being the same. You don't have to be a conscious capitalistic company to really embed back in your community with social impact and corporate social responsibility. But if you're a conscious capitalistic company, you better have the corporate yeah. social driven message in there, or you're not truly meeting all of the definitions. So it's, 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 it's still in its infancy. As far as I, I think both are really still in their infancy mm-hmm. and you know, there's not a lot of platforms like ours because most people that were doing the gamification that we do, the minute the Supreme court said sports betting's legal, you know, they all switched to go to become true sports betting platforms. And I think there are more people. I know that there's, twice as many people, more than two times as many people in this country that donate to charity mm-hmm. than bet on sports. Yeah. And I know that there's a much, much larger audience that doesn't have a way to bet on their favorite TV show. And, and by bet, it's, it's not a, I bet you $10 and I win 20 or lose 10. It's giving them action. And, and you know, I have one advisor who, one, one investor in the company who is a uh, finance executive. And when she invested, she, I, I asked all my investors, why did you write the check? You know, you, you work so hard to get the check that if you don't ask that question, you've sort of missed the opportunity. Exactly. And her answer was, there's no doubt I could find something similar, to, similar or, you know, in the line of what you're proposing. But if it's free and, and find it for free, if it's free, I start doing it. I'm not tied to it. There's no reason for me to come back where you've given me a reason, once I donate five or $10 or any amount, 
I'm not, I now want to know where that money went and what the cause did. And I'm more apt to follow through what I started because I made a donation to a cause. Yep. I get connected. And, you know, you, you talk about conscious capitalism and longtime listeners to this podcast know that, uh, you know, my book, uh, you know, well, actually the one that David and I you know, co-authored on uh, compassionate capitalism. You know, compassion is the behavioral analog to consciousness. It's what consciousness looks like when it's actually being you know, acted on. And the idea of compassion is you can't have compassion unless you're connected. And connection is the key to employee engagement. It is the, it is the key to community engagement. It is the key to staying connected to, to the soul of, of your business. And to the point about you know, investing or donating, I, I start to care because now I'm connected. And then because I'm connected, you're going to start seeing me do so, uh, behaviorally a lot of different things. And this is business taking responsibility for the whole. It's not just, a, you know, and I'm, I'm struck by what you said at the very beginning when we started talking is if I'm, you know, if I, <laughs> and I, I'm guilty of this as well. When I started my first business, it was, you know, I'm just in this for, you know, I want to make a, want to make money. Uh, but that made the money and it was kind of like, is that all there is? You know, to, you know there's a song in there somewhere. Um, yeah. And the idea of doing something that is in service of a greater whole and linking my mission as a business, my mission as an organization to that larger ethos makes all the difference in the world. And if I'm doing it well, I will make money. I can't not make money because uh, the value proposition is there. Well, and I'll tell you, my former life, I was a real estate developer. I built very high-end homes when I was 27 years old and made them very technologically friendly and technologically advanced. And my whole thing was money is a byproduct of what I love doing. Mm -hmm. And I've approached that, you know, ha having, having uh, grown up the way I did and, and, and experienced what I've experienced. You know, I, when my oldest brother passed when I was 29, I have to love what I'm doing. And if I love what I'm doing, you know, we'll worry about how much money we make afterwards because, and I can't tell you, I expected to be called into Rivals Media, uh, but it, it just was a natural progression uh, being that I was a former professional fundraiser when I was in college and, and did it at a very high level where, so, so when, when you can look at your past, and the joy I got from that 44 out of 46 kids changing their lives in 12 weeks, you know, a lot of people will just go, oh, that's nice, rather than say, this is what I'm here to do. You know, this is what I'm here to do right now. And the true entrepreneur, you know, the way I look at it is, uh, you know, we don't necessarily plan, we're called. And if, we're, if we see the opportunity, it's, I can write a check or I can use my time and my time is typically worth more than the check I'm going to write. And at the end of the day, it's you, you have a firm belief that what you're doing will make a massive impact and change people's lives and, and ultimately be a really good corporation because I, I personally believe that nonprofits, they can't take risk uh, because GuideStar and everybody else tells them they can't right. where, so our platform we give our platform for no upfront costs to any of the 501c3s we work with. You know, we've, we've eliminated the risk. We never ask for their databases. You know, we never, we don't need to take over their uh, social media. We ask them, show us what you did in the last three months. 
and we're going to create a plan that is in line with what your values are, your core, your core beliefs are, and this is how we're going to promote it to your followers and, and, and the people, your donors, and they're going to, you know, they're going to be engaged at a different level. And uh, we were talking to, and this is a really good example. We were talking to a very large university about gamifying their college football and basketball. And they have something like 500,000 email addresses from graduates. And 40% of them are under 40 years old and the vast majority of them have never donated. And I looked at that and I said, well, I said, if you're anything like my alma mater, you call up after it's 10 years or 15 years or 20 years. And you say, well, you graduated 15 years ago. We'd like you to make a commitment of $1,000 for every year you've graduated. So the first time they reach out to you, they're asking for $15,000. And whether they have a great alumni uh, network like my college does or not, it's you're not making them feel welcome because now if they can't afford it, they feel like they're not really connected to the school that they graduated from. And the other part of it is, is, Millennials don't gamble the way the other generations did, but millennials are very used to micro donations of five or ten dollars. If Bubba gets his truck swamped in in Texas and does a cool video, there's they're going to come to his rescue with five or ten dollars and get his truck fixed. So what we've done with rivals is we try to explain once we get them doing the ten dollar donations and get and seeing what the university is doing. When you go to ask for that $1,000 or $15,000, you're part of, they're part of your family and they want to give back to you. And those are the fundraising strategies that, you know, professional fundraisers and nonprofit fundraisers, you know, that are tied to, I lose my job if I don't raise $400 million to this university over three years are just missing. You got to start with the building blocks. Yeah. Got to walk before you can run. Got to crawl before you can walk. John, how can people find out more about Rivals Media? I mean, obviously, yeah, they can go to the website. Uh, and it's rivalsmedia.com. Yep, rivalsmedia.com. Uh, I also recommend uh, my LinkedIn page. Go to Rivals Media's LinkedIn page or connect with me or follow me. Uh, we, put, we post an awful lot of uh, uh, things we're working on. We do all of our press releases. Uh, we have a couple coming up uh, that uh, – with some exciting, exciting opportunities. I, I have a meeting this afternoon that, that is just, you know, one of the more exciting uh, meetings I get to have because it could be a, a really great collaborative effort dur- for, during the NFL season with a very, uh, with, with, a, with a fun uh, coach who's connected to a really fun team. And we're trying to figure out the right ways to, uh, to, to really hit the community and give back. He's already very charitable minded. And so again, it, it's exciting because on most of my calls or, or people that reach out to me, my first question is, tell me what you do. Tell me, tell me how you like to, if it's a nonprofit, you know, tell me what you're planning on doing this year. Tell me the impact you want to make and tell me where you're, 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 you're not, you know, you're not getting the money in that you had last year. You know, t- tell me what your problems are. And let's see if it's, let's see if we can find the right collaborative approach. And, and I'll give you a great example. Uh, some, somebody was watching, uh, one of our advisors was watching an HGTV show the other day, one that you have free properties and you have to pick the properties. And he called me up. He goes, hey, have you thought about this? I said, well, not that particular show, but tell me what happened. 
he goes, well, well, they were getting ready to go to commercial. And, you know, he asked his wife and daughter, you know, which house are they going to pick? And it immediately, as soon as, he, as soon as the words left my mouth, I said, this is Rivals Media. Yep. So then I said to him, well, let's apply the 3D principle. You know, that's the program. Now, let's look at our platform. Who can we partner with in the space that could make a massive impact? Well, you take one of these apps that, that, that does the, uh, the remodeling where you take a picture of your room and then you can put the furniture in. So mm -hmm. we would go to that company and say, hey, do you want to partner with us with this HGTV show? So now we have their audience plus the show's audience. And then we pair it with a very large nonprofit that is building homes for, for homeless or, or giving back in that community. And whoever their celebrity, um, their celebrity endorsers are, or people that work with them that are celebrities, and you have them play on our leaderboard. So yep. we took a show that might air at 4.30 on Saturday, and we can create an event that could bring 50 to 100 million eyeballs to it. I love because it. Because we're raising money for the charity that's giving back. Yeah. See, and you guys, as you're listening to this, I mean, just think outside of the box here. Yeah, and whether you are a business uh, owner or a you know, member of a business community, what can you do? How could you work it? How could you play it? How could you connect? What could you connect to? Who could you connect with? And if you're listening and you're running uh, uh, a nonprofit, you get a hold of Rivals Media. Find out just kind of what's going on here. Rivalsmedia.com. Um, you and I are going to have an offline conversation here. I want to introduce you to my yep. wife, Cynthia Kersey, who runs the Unstoppable Foundation. Uh, I'm on the board. David is the uh, the chair of the board. So I know we've touched the base a little yep. bit on but I want to I want to take this down a little bit further on a deeper dive. My guest today, John uh, John Co. and it's uh, uh, spelled C I O E. If you're looking him up online, John Co. Well, I, well, one last thing I want to I'm going to interrupt because yeah, yeah. it's not just that if you're running a nonprofit or if you're part of a corporate social responsibility team. If you just want to make a difference, if you just if you're passionate yeah. about something, reach out. Because you, you, you may not know the contacts you have that would be tremendous value to a small nonprofit or to an audience to a TV show or an alumni network. That if you're hearing this podcast and you just want to see what you can do to make a difference and, it's, and you're passionate about sports, entertainment, concerts, TVs, reach out. Because you know, those are the conversations that we get to, to pick through the obvious that could create the real long lasting and impactful engagement. I love it. Thank you. Thank you for that. I mean, everything is connected guys. Everything's connected and you don't know what those connections are until you start, start lifting the rocks up <laughs> and you start paying some attention here. Uh, John, thank you very much. Rivalsmedia.com is where you can find out more about what he's up to and just go on. Yeah. Just go onto the site and play with it. Uh, I mean, the, the platform is fascinating. It's, it's really, really well done. And um, this has been Blaine Bartlett. You've been listening to The Soul of Business with Blaine Bartlett. And my guest today, John Seo, uh, the founder and CEO of Rivals Media. John, thanks very much. Thank you very much. This is great. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.